So good evening, everyone. Uh, let's dismiss our youth, our young people. Uh, please follow the direction of Ms. Bonnie Dick, Brother Bill Dick, um, as they take you into the, their time in the Word with you. Hello to the rest of us. Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study and prayer time. I'd like to, to direct you to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. I want to talk about God directing your steps. Ephesians 5, 16. Verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is, God directing your time. Um, I've, I've heard and seen so many people Christians who, who say, you know, God has directed me to do this or God has directed me to do that. Um, understand what the will of the Lord is. How do you discern God's purpose in your life? How do you find out what God has for you to do? Um, how do you know that special thing that he might want you to do? In fact, I think that's how it's most applied when we think about God's will for our lives. We always think of this special thing that, that he's drawn us to. And, and we think of some ministry-prompted thing that God is, has called us to do or we'd like him to call us to do or him to give us the okay on this or that. Now, God gives us wisdom. Wisdom comes from him. Uh, today is, is June 2nd, um, and uh, I often take time, you know, reading through the Proverbs in, in a month and I've read through Proverbs 2 today and for the second day of the month, and uh, it's, it happened to be the same passage that uh, I taught in one of the graduations last week, um, and it talks about desiring wisdom and seeking after wisdom, pursuing wisdom, crying out aloud for wisdom, searching for it like we would search for a treasure. Um, you know, how do you search for a, a treasure? Um, I'm trying to think of what it is I had lost either today or yesterday. It was a pen or a wallet or something. But we, we put aside everything. I stop everything I'm doing and I go and I look and I find that thing and I'm not satisfied until I can place where that is. Sometimes that means that I probably left it somewhere else. And I can retrace my steps and I can go back and I get it. But I... I don't rest until I know and I can, I, the best of my knowledge, I can identify where it is and I can go and get it. Um, do we search God's will that way? Do we search for his wisdom that way? Um, and as we search for God's will, what is our process? What do we do? How, well, how do we use God's word to search his will? I would suggest to you today, well, first of all, is that if you look at this text, um, 
one of the ways that, that we will do that is simply obeying God's word. Notice the next verse in, in Ephesians 5. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Verse 18. But be filled with the Spirit. So if we want to discern God's will, let us turn away from those things that we know God says that should not fill our lives or shouldn't be a part of our lives. And let's turn ourselves to uh, him and to his purpose and to his spirit. Um, I can say simply that if we want to, to know what God would have us to do, start doing what we already know God wants us to do. Those simple things. It's like somebody comes to you and it says, uh, um, what should I do? And you give them a, a simple instruction. They go, well, what else should I do? No. Back up. Do the first thing first. Just do the simple walk of obedience um, in, in our lives before we can expect to hear anything else from the Lord. Let's do the things he's already told us to do and um, then expect to get further instruction from him. The other simple thing we're going to see is that his wisdom comes from his word and his word is made plain to us, um, I think, primarily two ways. Through God's people and through his spirit. And usually you can say that's one way. Through his, pe through his spirit, through his people. Through his spirit, through his people. Um, people want to say, I fasted, I prayed, and God told me to do this. But the reality is, is that we give ourselves over to God and he speaks to us in a series of events or circumstances. And those circumstances involve us, one, committing ourselves to obedience and surrounding ourselves in an environment where we can hear God's word. And we're going to hear God's word as we study it ourselves, read it ourselves, set aside time to, 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 to hear it and to, to pray. And as we commune with God's people, as we commune with God's people, as we interact with each other, you're going to hear God's word from the pulpit. You're going to hear God's word from your Christian friend who imparts truth to you through God's word and helps you understand what God has said uh, and, and, and interacts with you, challenges you in some of the things that you ought to be doing. I've seen so many people um, disassociate themselves or separate themselves from God's word and God's people and wonder why they can't hear God. They, 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 in essence, think that God is just going to speak to me on my island and speak only to me. No, God has put you in community. He designed you to be in community with his people, and it's his Holy Spirit that will speak as you read his word, as you listen to his people to interact. Have you ever talked to somebody and you go, you know, I never really thought about it like that until I've talked to you. And they may not have said something, but the conversation that you had caused you to think more deeply, caused you to, to consider something from 
some truth that God wanted you to see and to, to realize. And so that interaction with God's people sometimes allows you to see what the Holy Spirit has been saying or verifies what the Holy Spirit has been saying to you or just opens your eyes to, to what God is saying. How do we discern God's will? It is not an easy, simple, one, two, three-step process. It is by walking daily with God, listening to him, communing with him, communing with God's people, the Holy Spirit working through his word, through his people to help us understand day by day what it is, be, what it is we should be doing. I see in my own personal life that I can't see very far ahead and have the sense of the wisdom to know this is what God is calling me to do. But what I see is the path that God has put me on and my consistency to just stay on that path and listen to God. And step by step, he leads me to each step that he'd have me to go on. Vow to be obedient to God right now. Vow to listen to God no matter what he says or who he says it through. Say, yes, God, I will listen to you. Don't always expect God to drop the big bomb. He often speaks in just a small, quiet whisper. He's like saying, are you listening to me yet? Are you, do you even want to hear what I have to say? Are you going to start listening to me? God wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. He wants us to give our ear to him, give attention to him. He says, start doing what I've already told you to do. <clears throat> so many Christians look for this, this fantastic voice, declaration, or vision, or image. And God simply says, listen to me. And do what I've already told you to do. I remember as a young man, people coming to church, and they would, they would say in their minds, and I would say it myself too, if the pastor says this, then I know it's from God. Really? <laughs> he says this every week. I know I say this every week, and I know it's from God. What are you waiting on? We think it ought to be something that, that's just earth-shaking and, and, and monumental. And God is daily calling us to a quiet obedience, a quiet dependence on him, a quiet listening to him and taking in what he has to say. Um, we we, we want to see the earth shake. <laughs> and God says, I just want to see you be obedient. I just want to see you walk daily with me. I already put you on the path that I have you on. Walk daily with me and you will find the, each step and each change in direction that I have for you. So pray tonight as we pray. God says if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it to us. But are we listening? Are we willing to listen to that small, that, that simple voice that he's, he's crying out to us? Um, follow me. Obey me and listen to me. Evening, saints. All right, we're going to continue our meditation.
through the book of Revelations. Just to review, we saw that this is a revelation that came from Jesus Christ. The character who is now speaking in the vision is the Son of God himself. He's writing to the churches that are symbolized as seven lampstands. The lampstands symbol the fact that churches bring light. What do light symbolize? Well, lights symbolize hope, knowledge, holiness. The lights are also an image of God. God said, let there be light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So we are little lights. And so the letters to the churches are written to these lights. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet you have this, you hate the works of Nic Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. One thing I thought to do, maybe I'll do this one day. I thought to teach Revelations as a loop. If you look at the way that John writes. John likes to write in circles. If you look at the book of 1 John, it's written in a circle. It keeps on talking, and it comes back again to the main point that he had brought up. Paul tends to write in straight lines. He'll go on through diversions, right? But John, if you read this book in its total, and you come back to the beginning, the beginning makes even more sense to you. Because now you're learning where the tree of life coming from. The tree of life really hasn't truly been mentioned in detail yet. And so I believe that this book is the kind of book that you just keep on teaching. And as you go through certain cycles of it, all of a sudden it gets deeper and deeper as you keep going. But let's talk about this church in Ephesus. And in our meditation, let's think about a few things. He starts off by identifying himself by what we saw in that image. He who holds the seven stars in his hand. He holds his messengers in his hand. He holds those who give his word in his hand. Who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, in the Old Testament, God told the people, they could not put waste anywhere in the camp because God walked among them. And you get this image echoing back here. 
that Jesus is walking among these lampstands. And you get the idea that the way that we keep our church, he's walking among us, and so we have to be careful. The reason that we clean our bathroom and we pick up our paper, because Jesus could be walking in here. Jesus wouldn't want to see that. How are we behaving? Is Jesus going to be happy with our praise? Is Jesus going to be happy with how we ran Sunday school? Is Jesus going to be happy when he sees when we come into church? He's walking among those lampstands. He is not absent. Too often as Christians, we think of Jesus as something in the past. Where he is present. And he proves that he's present because he knows their works. Now he starts off praising them for what was good. Then he goes to the negative, and then he goes back to the good. He says, I know your works, that you cannot bear those that are evil. And that's the main good that they do. They cannot bear what's evil. So what do they do? They test it. What do they do? They dive into the scriptures. And that's good. And in many ways, if you look at the seven churches, yes, they symbolize more than just themselves. They symbolize sometimes a type of believer. so you have a church now who is testing and holding fast to the doctrine but what did they lose they lost love or they prove that they have love where well, he says remember therefore where you have fallen repent and do the works you did at first remember where you have fallen repent love is a command now how would they show that love and what kind of love are we talking about are we talking about just go out there and just hug somebody I think that he's talking about something a little bit different than that I think what he's calling them to is this the passion of understanding when you first got saved that energy and that desire. The first time that you read scripture and it seemed like it opened a door in your mind. The first time that you heard a sermon and you thought the pastor was talking about you. The first time that you sung that song and it made the room go on fire. Sometimes we as Christians, we can do things because we've been doing them. We doing them just to doing them. We being faithful, and don't get me wrong, we're good at being faithful, but that's not enough. Because the spirit that is in it is one that is just worshiping the old faithfulness. It is not worshiping the God that the actions are supposed to be worshiping. We fall into traditions. There are literally false religions that call themselves Christians that follow the traditions of their fathers. All they do is follow traditions. We could look later at the Catholic Church, but that's not the only one that does that. Because you look at some of these Baptist churches and they'll say, I, we did it all this way. I sit in that seat all the time. We never had drums at our church. Back in the day, they had churches that had a big conflict. They used to always sing the songs. And people introduced hymns. And that was a big controversy back in those days. Some people just didn't like it because it was new. But then there's also some people who just want something new, just to have something new. Right? 
And the whole point is that people are losing what the point is. Why are we here? And we have to ask ourselves that question. Why am I here? As a Christian, one of the main things that I think our responsibility is, is to question our own motives for why we're doing what we're doing. Because we can quickly lie to ourselves. Me and my dad was talking about this. We sometimes will have a conflict or have an issue, and the issue will be something that we didn't want to explain why we're having that issue. It's like a husband and wife that argue about the color of the drapes. Is that really what they're arguing about? I don't think it is. The drapes simply represent the fact that the man wanted to be respected, and the woman is mad because she thinks she never get listened to. And so now the drapes is just the latest battlefield. That's not really what they get mad about. And we as Christians can sometimes lose our motives and motives get replaced by worse motives to the point that we get to the point where we are preaching and we preaching for people to look at us. We on Facebook. We used to be on Facebook so we could reach people and now we on Facebook for the views. What is our aim? What are we doing this for? He says, yet you have this. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Hate is commended. Why is hate commended? Because you cannot have perfect love without perfect hate. Hate is a good beginning. Because if you don't hate what is evil, you will not cling to what is good. It is upon us to reclaim passion. And hate is a good passion. We must hate evil. But we also have to love truth. It's not good enough to just be negative and hate evil. That's a good start. But add on to that love of what is good. If we destroy everything that's evil, but we don't put Christ on top, what's the difference between us and an asteroid hitting the world? There is no difference. We have to build something. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. When did the Spirit get into this? Who's speaking? It's the Son. But who empowers the words? Oh, it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit. To him who conquers, he will give the grant to eat of the tree of life. We will have eternal life, those who conquer. Not those who surrender. Not those who just endure. Those who conquer. So let's go out there and conquer, saints. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Tonight, pretty easy topic to pray about. Um, I was thinking this morning about what I wanted to focus on, and I'm like, what, are we, what do we need to pray about in a society now that's burdening my mind? And it, it occurred to me, one thing that you haven't prayed about since I've been doing these, and I think is something that um, I think is very important, is uh, prayer for our own growth and our own spiritual walk. Um, namely, just our continued growth 
or continue growing closer to God or continue uh, spiritual maturity, because obviously it's a lifelong thing. We're constantly walking with God. So um, just pray for that. And then I'll close this up. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, thanking you and praising you for your faithfulness, for your keeping power, for your mercy, and for your long-suffering, Lord, and for calling us unto thyself, Lord, that there's nothing we can do or say that is apart from you. You control, you know everything, because you made us before we even conceived. You knew us, and you knew our name, and you called us unto yourself. We thank you for that, Lord. So as a body of born-again believers, we come to you, Lord, praying for the needs here on 35th and Vienna, for the needs financially, physically, and spiritually. We pray that our hearts and lives may be yielded to thee, Lord, and you may do a mighty work that will cause us to surrender all that we are and all that we hope to be from a mighty God. So help us, Lord. Help us starting with our pastor and his family, to our leadership team, to our young people, to our Sunday school teachers, to our music directors, to everything that's here, Lord. Help us to live a yielded life and to be empowered to walk among this world as light in the midst of darkness. Give us boldness, Lord. Give us truthful hearts, a love for thee and a true love for one another, that we will see to one another that we would pray for one another, that we would encourage one another. Help us, Lord. We cannot do this apart from you because the love that we need is only the love of Christ within our lives. So help us here on 35th and Vienna, Lord. And remember believers all over the world that need to be coming out from the world still taking on the appearance of the world. Help us to separate and see the need of separation not taking on the appearance of their hair, their looks, their everything they do. We need to be separate and call unto you to live faithful, obedient, surrendered lives. So give us strength, Lord, and give us a love and a zeal for you that will pass all understanding. Now, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness towards us, even when we have not been faithful. We thank you, Lord, because you have protected us, you've kept us, there are things that could have destroyed us that we're not aware, even aware of that you have kept us from. Lord, we thank you. We pray for those who are sick and those loved ones who are not saved. Lord, we pray that you would call them unto thyself. We have family members, Lord, that we need to be testimonies for them, that they will see their need to come and say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? So, Lord, we just pray that you would remember this church, as I said, financially, physically, and spiritually, and for loved ones who are still not saved. And we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, coming once again, I just thank you for watching over last night and waking me up, seeing another day, and being our right mind. I thank you, Lord God, for putting on our mind and heart to come here to be around other believers, Heavenly Father, learn your word and be able to tell other laws sold about you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your mercy and grace. I thank you for your son, Heavenly Father, died for my sin. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless each and every one here. I pray that you bless the ones that uh, do not know you. And I pray that you just bless the pastor, bless the ones in the neighborhood, bless each and every one here. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to strengthen me, strengthen each and every one, Heavenly Father, let us be able to walk in the spirit like we're supposed to. And we pray that you um, 
give a word of encouragement to uh, a family member that's not a believer. And I pray you just continue to strengthen and uh, guide them in the right direction. Um, be able to um, uh, let them be able to uh, see you as you are. And I pray, Heavenly Father, you bless the ones that's sick. Bless the ones that's walking around here that's um, do not know you. And I pray you just bless my uh, great nephew that's uh, not doing too well in school and uh, dealing with the wrong people. I pray you just uh, bless their pastor and let them be able to open their church back up, Heavenly Father, because it seems like since he's been out of church, he's so like uh, fallen. And I pray you just uh, strengthen his mother, Heavenly Father, that don't know what to do, and I pray that you just continue to uh, guide her in the right direction. Right direction. I pray that you put on her mind and heart to come to Sweet Communion Baptist Church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we continue in prayer. We just lift up each and every one of your saints, Lord, in this church, in all your churches, Lord, worldwide. We just ask you continue to be with all of us as we are in our continued walk with you. We ask that you just be with us as we study your word. Help us be stirred up to study your word daily, Lord. Open your word to us, Lord. Teach us your word. Lord, as we go to church, teach us your word, Lord. Show us how we can continually improve ourselves to grow closer to you. Help us to grow to a closer relationship with you, Lord, and have that close walk, Lord. Help us be mindful of your scriptures and your teachings. Help us be meditative on it throughout our days, Lord, that we can continue to try to strive to um, worship you, and worship you to our utmost and just live a life that glorifies you and a life that makes you proud, Lord, as um, we run this race, Lord, that you will be proud of us at the end, Lord. And we just continue to ask that you just help us um, strive daily to just um, immerse ourselves in your teachings, Lord, and continue to grow us, continue to help us be introspective on our lives and find anything that might be hindering our walk with you, something that might be separating us from a perfect relationship with you, Lord. Help us identify it. Help us to um, put that away. Find help if we need the help to, to make that change and put that away, Lord. And um, Help us to just get in that right relationship with you. We ask that you continue to just be with your church, Lord. Continue to grow it. Continue to strengthen it as these end times come, Lord, as we will need a strong church unified in you, Lord. And um, we ask that you just continue to uh, use us in a mighty way in this city. Use each one of your churches in a mighty way. We have them planted, Lord. You have a plan for each and every one of them, Lord. And we just ask that you just bring that to fruition and continue to use us. In your name we pray. Amen. 